Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 274. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak and Bryce Baker. Woo. Excited to be hey, here. Hey, everyone. Oh, I feel like I was talking to two owners of a home building company that's in a couple different states today. I check in with them like 10, 15 minutes every month. They ask uh, just to catch up on, on what's going on around the country. And one of the things I was telling them is I feel like we're, Andrew, you'll, you and Becca would be the best on this analogy, but I Ooh. feel like the market's still doing well, Okay, mm-hmm. but the trade winds or like the wind blowing the sail of the boats mm-hmm. has, has come down a bit, maybe 10, 15% okay. from yeah. where people were. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they were feeling really good about the market in February, early March, mid-March. Like, hey, we're still selling homes, and a lot of people are still exceeding their goals. But there's this general sense that things are kind of staying the same. And it, it's like when the wind stops blowing, and then isn't that when sailors Ooh. lose their mind at sea? Like they get I stuck. I believe so. So, so Becca used to teach sailing uh-huh. lessons like 20 minutes from me, which is yeah. crazy. We didn't know each other, and which is the connections to where I'm at is odd. But yeah, I could sense that you're you're going, you're going, you're going, and then it is like it's in between. Or for us, we have the afternoon winds, like at the beach. Mm-hmm. Probably see out of two, but it's like there's this mm-hmm. weird lull between. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like two to four o'clock, and you're like, ugh, waiting for the high tide to come up. What is happening? Yeah, What's and it's happening? causing it's causing this stress of. And again, I think some of this is PTSD for some people, all the way back to the great financial crisis, to some people back to the pandemic of. Oh, what's going to happen? It's like this sense of it's either going to get much worse or it's going to improve, but only improve if I like start rowing. And there's this desire to create extra work than is necessary. Yeah. Just because things have slowed down a bit. And And you probably won't. And it might not make any difference is the. Well, that's, that's hard. I mean, we're this, we are not even in story time yet for those of you following along at home, but Mm. The thing is that the market right now, the potential is is somewhat capped, meaning the total number of transactions, the total number of people who are purchasing homes, new and used, is is way down still. Mm-hmm. And so the good news for us is that there's not a lot of existing home inventory available in most cases, and that means new construction is a big part of supply, and we've talked about this over and over again. Mm-hmm. But your incremental ability to change that by, you know, testing out a new tool, you know, I still feel like people are in this relative calm are starting to grasp at, I feel like I just got to do something. It's, it's this stir crazy. (laughs) just like, I'm stuck with no, no wind on the boat waiting for the next thing. And it's making people antsy. Hey, you want to make an impact or you you feel like you, there you go. You should be the one that makes the impact. Like this is my Mm -hmm. job. Like I'm supposed to get the numbers to go to go up or like the chart should show green for mm-hmm. positive movement. And mm-hmm. we can't always control that because, you know, like are people selling their houses right now? Not yeah. many. What I'd forget the, we talked about a month and a half ago, I think about the percent of people with the interest rate less than four, they're just yeah. hanging out on sidelines unless they have to make, make a move. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all those people that just won't, we cannot even market to them for like, Hey, no. this is a better opportunity, a better home, a better life. 
if they're not willing to like, oh, geez, I'm, I'm swapping this house at X mortgage. Here's the balance at mm-hmm. 2.5. Yeah. And I add 200 to that. Ooh. The market's still there though. I mean, my, right. like I was telling Kevin yeah. earlier this week, I have a house that went for sale in my neighborhood, listed 525, sold in seven, eight hours. And didn't even, they were scheduled to have an open house, canceled it. They were scheduled to have eight appointments following, canceled it, canceled everything. And so it, we have not heard, but I, my guess is either it was an all cash offer and or above asking at that point for you to cancel all of those other appointments. So, I mean, the market's still there, just has yeah. to be priced right. And one of the things that yeah. is causing that slowdown to occur is we had this situation where a lot of builders started adjusting prices or doing mm-hmm. incentives in the first quarter right as lead volume was increasing and traffic mm-hmm. was increasing due to the typical spring market dynamic. Yeah. And so it was this doubling down. I'm not going to say it was, it wasn't, it's not bad, but a lot of builders again were surprised at how fast they sold their inventory because they thought, well, I'm going to have a lower price and it's still going to be a slog, but they lowered prices mm-hmm. as, as a bunch of people came in and they got rid of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, Here's here's why I think it's important and worth talking about is in the fourth quarter and the third quarter of last year, when when people kind of generally accept that there's not a lot of like those one-off things you're going to do that's going to make a big change. And again, we're this is all in the lens of the the all the builders that we work with who follow more or less the same philosophy about how to market. So if you're listening and like I was looking at someone's data today, Andrew. In 2019, they were spending $2 and like 50 cents per click mm-hmm. per, per search, search ad. So if you're in that scenario or you're just doing things wrong, there are still are things you can unlock that would have a huge oh, yeah. impact. But we're talking about, you know, you, you've done all those, those items. There was a sense of, I really want to dig into to the analysis and the numbers to uncover within my own internal data, the story of the community or the home and why it's not selling and what I can do. And now with this current lull, what seems to be happening is people are like, yeah, I want, I don't, I don't want that. That's like hard or not as exciting. And they're getting, it's just this natural tendency, Interesting. sometimes guided by sales managers who think they're marketers or owners who want to be marketers of like, go find the new thing that's going to unlock it. And in some yeah. sense, I feel like we're reverting in that behavior again, just as a Oh, I want to piggyback on that thought. I've been thinking about it. I want to know how valid to be a cool person and say that's valid um, <laughs> or how invalid. If person A is visiting a competitor's model home sales center, mm-hmm. what percent of those people, let's that's person A, 20 people visit that model home this weekend, mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday. What percent of those people do you think also visited a competing neighborhood? Or consider that neighborhood, that community. Oh, absolutely. Do you think 100% or 90%? Like, do you think they're missing like, oh, you know what? Like four blocks down the road, I didn't see that community for sale. Shoot. Do you think that's likely? Or do you think what I'm getting at is kind of, it's like kind of like geofencing, but also Mm -hmm. like if all builders are marketing. Yeah. Your competitor marketing also raises awareness for you. You're kind of piggybacking on that. So if you're not selling, they're not selling. Yeah. I can't answer that straight away, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And the reason I I don't think I can is because the fear that's driving that notion is that someone is in the span of a week deciding I need to move 
doing all the research, visiting the neighborhood and purchasing. Yeah. Right. Living inside and that, buying groceries or something like Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's where it comes from. And you can't say that never happens, but I think the bigger thing without getting distracted by, do you have hard data or not hard data is just to say, is that the majority of people's experiences? And then again, it's like the incremental cost or focus of energy and attention on that thing that is on, on the edge. It's not mm -hmm. the meaty middle of what most consumers experience is. And then the other thing that I, that question reminds me of is how many people become a lead for a community, interact with the online salesperson, and then end up scheduling an appointment in a different community. So the difference between yeah. the thing that triggers awesome. the lead versus what is the best fit for them. And you're like, well, why didn't they just pick the right one the first time? <laughs> There's something that wasn't uncovered or known. So there, there is this Awareness. ability for people to miss, but to freak out about that, is I think what you're going to like to overly focus on that. Yeah. It's, it's kind mm -hmm. of a whole bunch of things, I guess. Like what triggered it was, I saw like the geofencing. I hate that word. Uh, geofencing. Oh, we're going to talk more about that. That's oh, great. Good. I saw the geofencing set up for, for someone and it had a list of like 40 different model homes. It had the radius and all this okay. stuff. And I'm like, first my first thought was like, just make one freaking big circle. Like you're, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. Like you're yeah. skipping this street and how does anyone, the technology, Google, know they're on that street versus this street. Privacy is getting more private. And does it even matter? I don't think it matters. Well, the, like the bigger, yeah. Time. But uh, I'm like, so they're seeing you anyways, the... like a competitor geofencing campaign. Like I have a hard time convincing myself if a house is a half million dollars, like the example you said, Kevin, it's not a one and done thing. Like they're going to look at that one. They're like, well, there has to be something else. Let's just make sure that yeah. there's nothing else better out there. And they'll keep looking and looking. How like, many, all right, how, let's well, go back you, to the first one. You bought a house not that long ago. Bryce, you said you've been in your house for two years? Yeah, yeah. but I like am a little recent. different. I like my house that I bought was the first house I looked at. It was like I walked in, I was like, that's it. And I left. Well, like, okay. I literally was in it at, for 10 minutes. I believe you, but I don't believe you, Bryce. So let's, you let's do this live. Oh, yeah, there we go. I believe it is the first house on. you seriously looked at, but how, how informed of a consumer about your area and housing generally were you before okay. you started shopping? I was born and raised in my area, born and raised in my zip code. Yeah. So I know school Ooh. zones. I was, I knew in the area of where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Like down um, to the, down to the street level, like down to like the zip code area, like yeah, a couple I'm, blocks. Come, yeah, a couple blocks. Okay. Um, now there's a few houses that like I entertainingly looked at, but after yeah. drive. Okay. So you're right. I drove by them and I was like, no, no, don't say that. Mind. Cause that's not good for my, that's not good for okay, my, either. never mind. But, okay. but let's just agree yeah. that there is this phenomenon. Cause I'm just yeah. going to replay this part of the podcast for my wife later. Yeah. Cause she gets, it's hard for her to make decisions. And as soon as she makes a decision, she regrets that decision instantly, whether it's uh -huh. good or bad. It's just that's instant buyer's remorse. Uh -huh. Yes. And so it, it blows her mind when I will, let's say there's some product or service that I'm researching that's going to cost like $500. I mean, mm -hmm. not a low dollar amount, not a car, not a house, but something yeah. expensive. But, and I will over index and in research and watch YouTube videos and, mm -hmm. and do all this research mm -hmm. for like weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, On your own. Like without on my own, she has no idea I'm doing it. Like she's right. falling asleep or she's watching Kardashians or 90 day fiance or some other thing. <laughs> and I'm doing this yeah. research. And then I'll tell her that like, I'm thinking about buying something 
And then like four hours later, I will buy it. And she's like, you've done, how do you can't, but I'm like, no, I did all that. You just didn't see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's just important to realize that like you mm-hmm. had a higher level of confidence about your ability to make the right choice. So when the right mm-hmm. home presented itself, you didn't need to hesitate in hem and haw yeah. because you had that confidence. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I, I feel think like your, your street's perfect from what, like just casual conversation around where you live. Like, yeah, like you would not probably move anywhere I else. Never, I think. No, we're talking about adding a two-story addition at this point in my life. Wow. So. <laughs> like, like accessibility to the beach, the, the, yeah. the culture of the street itself, employment yeah. of the average employment of the people on there. Yeah. All similar yeah. types and everything. It seems like. And I gather that information because I knew it, but I also think it's very important for us and for builders to communicate that. And that's, it goes along with like selling the lifestyle. I mean, I bought my house because of the lifestyle of where I'm at, like where, how close to the beach I am, the neighborhoods and what type of feel I get from it. And I feel like that's like that. And you hear, that's what sold me on my house. You told us earlier, you hear sonic booms all day long sometimes with the, yeah. There's, the, uh, there's negative too. Like we are right next Army to the base. base right there. Yeah. yeah. The naval. That's so much fun. Yeah. So, sonic boobs happen all yeah. the time. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a firing range like behind us. So like there is mm-hmm. negative yeah, aspects fireworks of it, but like the year. it's great mm-hmm, traffic, right. but so, like those were never going like that didn't cloud my judgment on this house at all. I to, jumped to on it. To bring us back to the, to the geofencing discussion. It's not so much my perspective, Andrew, that like, how can they know or how can it, the question is the radius that you've made, whatever size that fence is, it's probably bigger than, you know, the couple, you know, the hundred square feet or hundred by hundred square, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of, of the model home park. Right. And only that. It's some fraction of a mile, mile, three miles, some other thing, which then encompasses so many other people, unless you're mm-hmm. the, the competitors community is in the middle of nowhere, that it's, it's basically just targeting the entire demographic of an area, which brings us back to that's stupid, <laughs> make the circle bigger. And this is what people, I don't know if it's, they don't want to acknowledge how things have changed or they don't fully understand it, but it is better to give the AI systems today, more geography. Geography used to be you want to limit that sucker and target Mm -hmm. really, really small. And you don't need to do that anymore because now it's about behavior. It's about their interest in a subject or an offering or of a product and their their current behavior, regardless of geography. Yep. I mean, how a builder can be focused at 400 miles an hour on geofencing, 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 and then also ask the question about, well, what about relocation buyers? It's like, you can have both. Yeah, do both. Do, <laughs> do it all. Do it all. I, I think, you know you what I think? Not, not in terms of both of, but, but not in the extreme, not in the like, have 50 geofence things at a oh. half a mile radius each, and then target people in other states. And like mm-hmm. Manhattan or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, that's just, where people are moving from, Manhattan. You're like, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> what I, I guess here, oh, here, I'm glad to talk this out loud. This is what I was feeling on the inside. These are my feelings. If you are a fan of geofencing, I think it's, it's too late. Like you're getting people who are in the model home. They've already considered you. Now they're visiting. Mm-hmm. Now you're trying to get yeah. and add to them again. They've already been here. But your those website. are real people, Andrew. The other people aren't real. They're fake people. They're fake people. It's like, it. it's, and that's, that's why I've someone started trying doing to buy this. a car. Like, Hey, come check out the BMW. It's like, no, they're yeah. like, they're mm-hmm. already at the Mercedes dealer. I'm yeah. like, 
get so the people on the road to go to on a call BMW. earlier today, Andrew. Um, there's a neighborhood that was that a launch happened and it's not going as well as had hoped. Mm-hmm. And we start I like, well, let's go dig into the data and the CRM and the analytics and take a look. And the sales manager's like, we don't really need to do that, Kevin, because she we're in a sales knew. trailer. We have nothing. All of our three competitors have vertical homes under construction and or a finished model. And we're $20,000 overpriced. I just did the, the competitive market analysis. And I'm going to sh- talk about all that with our ownership team here in a second. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me just give you one more tool to help. Because they had 2,500 unique page views of, at the community level of that. And so all I do is I go on Google, I type in 2,500 seat stadium, and I find I find a go. visual representation. Yeah. Looks good. It's a lot this of people. Ha- this, this helps people understand that this many individuals looked at and considered your initial offering. And so far, none of them have wanted to take the next step. And they're there mm-hmm. for three and a half minutes. They looked at X amount of page, like, yeah, mm-hmm. convincing. That definitely makes and, it real. And again, this is why the philosophy has to be from top to bottom and why we spend so much time with the builders we work with, making sure we're aligned on that philosophy is if you got to that 2,500 uh, stadium full of people by misleading or misdirected advertising methods, then the whole thing breaks apart. It's like a, it's like a Jenga tower. That's ever, the whole tower is stacked on one block at a time. Like you, you, yeah. mm-hmm. It's about to fall over at any minute. Your whole your whole argument about why something is or isn't working doesn't really work. Yeah. It has to be a line where we can agree that those 2,500 people in the stadium are all there because they saw an ad that said, new homes, Dublin, Ohio from the 400s. So geography, price, and product type were all laid out in the ad, and then they chose to click on it. Yeah. They now we can have a discussion mm-hmm. about why aren't those, are, because we're not worried about are those the right people or not. We, we advertise the right method. Right. Yeah. That's the important part. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think that's a good visual tool to help people understand that these are real people. Google's your friend. And eventually you can just use, um, I'm sure some AI tech to uh, change 25 to 35 and it'll just boop, 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 start yeah, adding people to that stadium. I was on a call with, her name's Amanda mm-hmm. and she gets full credit for the joke of what I'm about to read, but I just want to, and maybe if there's demand for this, I, I'll go back and I like do the audible version of other articles. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just, I turned in this draft to Builder Magazine uh, yesterday, I think. So th- here's just the first paragraph. Marketing is a straightforward discipline. With today's technology, you can attribute sales results perfectly to each dollar you spend. You can quickly retarget only your competitor's website or model home traffic. Google Analytics gives you a clear picture of what contribution different sources of traffic make on your website. Automated marketing is the easy button we've all been waiting for, and AI will make everyone in your organization an expert marketer. You can accurately predict and create the content your consumers need four to six months in advance. And geofences are actual real fences. They're just invisible. (laughs) The last (laughs) sentence probably gave me away, but if not, let me say it plainly. Everything I've written so far is a lie. You were so convincing. Amanda's joke of like, because we were talking about, should we... Uh, do geofencing around an event just for the psychological benefit of the sales team of being able to, to, to know that we're doing that and see mm-hmm. the stuff. I like that. She, <laughs> but she said, um, <laughs> no, we shouldn't do that yeah. because the next question would be, are those real fences and why can't I see them? <laughs> <laughs> where, and are they, are they in them? the right place? Oh, that's funny. But I think that goes back to what we're, 
I just, you're talking about geofencing. Let me back to this of mm-hmm. there are, there are lies and, and here's just the general outline. You're going to have to wait to read it, but is that there's unavoidable complexity in what we do as marketers mm-hmm. in this industry. We've said many times, if we were selling jeans or a widget in e-commerce land, there'd be a more straightforward path, but there is unavoidable complexity. And if you oversimplify, simplification is good, but if you oversimplify, it's really bad and dangerous. And then I also talk about then that there's multiple types of liars, big category. We've got intentional liars Mm -hmm. and then we've got unintentional liars. And this article is really just about the intentional ones. But then when you've got intentional liars, the first one, and we're going to talk about this in the new segment, if we ever get there, is ad platforms and reporting tools. Yeah. They intentionally mislead you or overrepresent because everyone's trying to claim credit. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot about what GA4 is about, is making sure that Google protects itself and claims as much credit. Like, I, I promise you, Google ad tools will have increased performance as a result of GA4 rolling out, even if nothing changes. Because of how it's reported. It will will give more credit and report more credit in the black box that they're making with that system. The second one is the lead volume obsessed marketer themselves or owner or sales manager who's just like, I just need more leads. And I don't care about the quality. I don't care Mm -hmm. if they know our price point. I don't care if they know where we build. Mm I just need leads because then they feel like they're safe. It's like a mm-hmm. defensive mechanism of don't blame me. I brought you leads. Mm-hmm. And then the third is the predatory sales rep who misrepresents. So again, no one would say like, why, what is incorrect in my statement of you can quickly retarget only your competitor's website or model home traffic. You're not, by definition, you cannot do that. There will be other people who get caught up in that system and the mm-hmm. percentage of those other people just think about how much model home traffic happens. Yeah. And then how many people drive down the street to get to work, to go to church, to go to the just, store. You could, there, all this looking. is like, just think logically. They have yeah. 200 people per month that go through the door. Yeah. Yep. You had 14,000 impressions yeah. in a week. And the reason what? I wrote this whole article too, uh, Andrew, is that I had a conversation with someone who's speaking at PCBC who, oh, cool. who knows, who knows um, maybe not more, but in a different way, they have access to have seen this based upon their old job that they no longer have. That's about all I can say. Oh man. But oh, man. hearing Setup. him talk about this, you know, one of the things he said, and that's, this is actually his whole session. So I just kind of riffed in a different direction for the article mm-hmm. is like, there's not 300 million people shopping for a house mm-hmm. right now. There's mm-hmm. not in, you know, in most metros, there's not 20 million people shopping for a house or a million or 500,000. And so this idea of just being obsessed with more and more is like baked in incorrect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I always think like, I mean, it comes down to the marketer side of us, like the larger numbers we can show, the better we think it sounds to our management team. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think that's where we got so caught up in the fixation of the higher the numbers, the better it sounds and not actually looking at the meat and potatoes of it. And then they're, yep. they're influenced by what they're reading and what they believe yep. more than you. If they believe another source more than you, you're at the mercy of whatever this other source mm. is. And mm-hmm. how they're feeling. So sorry. That sounds yep. awful. That's why we talk so much about street cred all the time. Like yeah. if you don't have street cred and you're not proactively communicating with people above you in the organization, mm-hmm. 
and keeping them informed or being that source of truth, then yeah, you're opening yourself up to the whims of the day. And geofencing is still one of those whims because again, it's it's, it's like insider call. trading. It's almost unless you are a train marketer and unskeptical and ask a lot of good questions. Mm-hmm. How do you not say? How, how do you say no to someone saying, "Would you like to target your competitors' traffic?" Yeah, That's it'll be this much, and just sign this little thing, and then we take care mm-hmm. of the rest. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> should we do story time? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh gosh! All right, Bryce. <laughs> yeah. No, mine's super quick. I'm just super excited to. I'm actually attending the online sales academy next or in two weeks. That's on two nice. weeks. Super excited. Nice. But I think I'm more excited for to hear Jesse and Jen talk about the online sales position again. And I say mm-hmm. that because as a marketer, I haven't sat in that role in a very long time. And just to hear kind of the back to school aspects of it all, I'm excited to sit there. And I think every marketer should at one yeah. point or another. I'm excited to see what you think of on the marketing side, just hearing about their day-to-day going like, oh man, they mm-hmm. need to know this now. They need this now. Like we should do this. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's going to happen. Which yep. is, Andrew, which you've taken, cool. you've, ta- you've taken the online mm-hmm. sales academy. Yeah. That's awesome. right. Before, right. Uh, Phoenix 2020. Yeah. People were like, did you, did you see someone wearing a mask on the plane? Isn't that weird? <laughs> and we're like, I don't know what's going on. It's on the news. The, and then sure enough, mm-hmm. the disappointing later. news for our audience, if you are a marketer or an owner saying, well, that sounds cool. What Bryce is doing. I want to okay. do it. Sorry. You, you <laughs> can't. Expensive. Uh, well, it's not that it, well, no, it's not, just, it's not, it's not the money. It, yeah. No, yeah, it just, it kills the vibe. So, you know, Bryce can sit in the corner as a, as a convert employee and, and, and that's, that's different. But when, whenever we get people and people ask us about the Academy, people ask us about the summit, they're like, well, I'm a dentist, but I feel like I could learn about how to connect with my consumer or do better marketing with today's tools. Can I come to the summit? It's like, no, you can't. This is not for dentists. Um, so, yeah, no. you know, you, you can't, but if you're in online sales, you should attend or plan but to that attend. Doesn't mean you can't ask your online sales. Bingo. Like, yep. doesn't mean you can't ask them the right That's question. The Do kids yeah. say that anymore? What, what should I say now? Bingo. I just sounded like my dad. I didn't I like know. that. Bet. I don't know what they say. <laughs> Bet. There you go. Don't no they cap. always say? I'm old. Bet. Oh my gosh. I'm old. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, it it definitely doesn't mean like you you need to ask them the questions, ask them the yeah. takeaways that they got from the academy, learn kind of your best source mm-hmm. of market research is probably your online salesperson. Yep. And if you're not hanging out with them and asking them questions, you're missing out for sure. Yeah, agreed. I think at the um, yeah, there's a little snippet of a small presentation of doing for it, and that's a key of one of it is like how awesome. you and your Oh wait, you're presenting? Throw it to the wolves. Look at that. (laughs) Okay. Throw it to the wolves. This is all being recorded, right? I get to watch and grade you later. Is that? Oh gosh. I mean, I guess so. Sure. (laughs) Jen, I don't want to go anymore. Jen, Jen, I think we should just live stream that portion of the academy out for everyone to see. Oh goodness, that's be awesome. I I pulled up the outline today to think like, what do I want to talk about for story time? And Mm -hmm. someone already put in there what I'm supposed to talk about. So there you uh, go. They must have liked what I said on another call and said, <laughs> said this to everyone. Yeah, sounds like um, Jackie. But this is this is a framework piece, but it's it's a it's an example that will help you understand this. And it's the concept of testimonial bankruptcy. Um, meaning that you might think to yourself, yeah. we have a ton of great testimonials uh on our website, on social media that we use in email, et cetera. And it's great. Like we just redid 
a whole bunch of them last year. I would argue that when market dynamics change enough and the consumer psychology changes enough, you kind of have to pretend like you have none and start over. Because the challenges and the objections and the story that you're trying to get the next customer who interacts with that content to relate with, if the if the person is talking about, you know, well, it was, uh, you know, we were in lockdown and we needed more space or we were going to go crazy. So we looked at this neighbor, like it doesn't, it's a different narrative and and the narrative then of just housing availability versus now the biggest thing on most customers' minds is affordability. And we definitely are seeing uh, like skipping rocks, you know, the, the key to skipping a rock is to to fling it and hit the surface of the water. So the surface tension gets you as many bounces as possible and you win. That's, that's a good thing in that setting. The bad thing for us is people are coming to the website. They're seeing price points and they're, and they're ricocheting off very quickly if we can't get them to slow down. And there's lots of ways that we can talk about in other places when we have time about ways to do that. But one of those would be new and fresh testimonials from people who, who can say, I was concerned about affordability and then I discovered the ability to buy down the rate or their fantastic financing program, or I realized I didn't understand the translation of price point to payment. You know, whatever that is, you, I just think if you're in a neighbor, um, I think one of the examples we looked at in this price was a, was a master plan community. Mm-hmm. It's been around for five years. And within that community, you've got these kind of natural phases of the first form of resistance from the customer is this doesn't exist yet. And it's scary to be the first one in. Then the second one is, Ooh, this place looks like a bomb went off and the amenities aren't done yet. Uh, cause there's all this construction activity. And then, yeah. and now we're again, this, this community started in the one seventies with a certain product type that's no longer available. Now it's in the high four hundreds. We have to talk about the fact that that's affordable. Mm-hmm. Even if you, the individual marketer don't feel like that's affordable. Yeah. We can't translate our own feelings to how we're communicating because our job as marketers is to keep people moving to the next step of the process and to give the sales and online sales teams a chance to interact with as many customers as possible. How do you feel about, I just was thinking about this, the last time I've ever watched a video that was that said testimonial on it mm. intentionally. And I like, I mean, that's, that's true. terrible, right? boring. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, if I'm scrolling TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, and it's like buyer testimonial. Yeah. Skip that thing. But if it was I rephrased, think, I'm trying to think what's not spammy. You know, what? How, this, how this I'm, couple, how this person, how this person bought in or this how market. To. Like kind of, how to. Is that too spammy sounding? How to? No, I, how, like how to how review. This. I think yeah. both of those are good. So it's more or like even, a story versus like, and it's, it is, it's the same content. It's the same storyline, but it's actually, it's, the same testimonial review of this builder where you're like, oh, of course, mm-hmm. it's going to be a good review because as their builder, it's their page, they'll put up only positive reviews, no crap. That, or like, you know, but if it's more like the story of this person bought in this market, and just why? addressing it and why. Maybe not, yeah. you have to protect their details because it will be local. That'd be really awkward. Like how the Peaks bought this house for whatever dollars. That's or, really uncomfortable. I would love to see a testimony of like, or we just said, I mean, we just said testimonial, but I would love <laughs> to see, I know. I would love to see the the bakers bought this house because they're a family of five and they have a mother-in-law that comes to visit all the time. And 
this home was perfect for them because X, Y, and Z. Yeah, like multi-gen buying with the bakers. And they picked these type of upgrades because they were able to stay within the upgrade package. Or I think a a fluff, a refresh of kind of what are standard testimonials. I think what we're saying is no more cards that show the question that yes. the person was asked and, and then slowly always, fades out to the awkward couple sitting in yes, it's the, always couch. the husband the sitting living there. room. Yeah. Like, yes, mm-hmm. my wife does all the talking. I'm just going to smile. Look nice. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. Yeah. Utilize your design right. center. Like go take some video shots of testimonials on your design center as like why yeah. they chose those upgrades and options. Yeah. Well, again, with the same call with a, with a master plan community, it was, you got so many hundreds of people living there now. Is there is there someone there that's good enough and willing to just kind of document or create footage for mm-hmm. you, content that someone else would edit and package mm-hmm. about what is a week in the, in the life of a, of a resident or owner in this community look, look like? I'm sure. There'll be yeah. someone that wants to overshare their life. They could just stalk on Instagram or mm-hmm. Facebook, and then you just yeah. find that person. I was talking to my sister who runs marketing for a university and she was talking about all of the images. When I asked the marketing group for an image, they give me a picture of a kid mm-hmm. walking down a walkway by himself with like fall leaves. And he's like, it's visually beautiful and the colors are interesting and it's out of focus in the right places, but it's a kid's like by himself. And that's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not what any kid wants yeah. to think about when they're that's looking a, at That could be a fear too. Like mm-hmm. I'm on my own. Like what the hell? Exactly. So she's mm-hmm. like, can't we get like just kids having fun and interacting with each other? And they're like, well, it's really hard. And like Kristen yeah. is my sister's name. I say, Kristen, why don't like, do you have a journalism or a communications or photography? I mean, I know that's where I went to school. So I'm like, I know the answer mm-hmm. to these questions. She's yeah. like, yeah, I go. Sounds rhetorical. Yeah. Why don't you just say like, curate all the content you want. And if we choose to use your content, you'll be compensated as a student. And yeah. like, may you get some small amount just for contributing and it being good. And then if we actually use it, you get more and just curate all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. you've got college kids who are using Snapchat, Instagram and posting yeah, all this stuff all the time. They're doing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, I, I've sent it to you, Andrew, I think a few times where when I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see turn your builder grade or like the DIY is how they turn their builder grade home into mm -hmm. their masterpiece, um, home Mm -hmm. of their dreams. So like utilizing those people that are already doing the things to the current homes that you already build. And willing to put their their lives out there. Like they don't, there's no resistance to that. They they embrace Mm -hmm. it. They want to do it. So just find those people. Yeah. If the community, I think I know the community you're talking about, I think like, I'm sure there's someone there. Yeah. Yeah. And it might not be perfect. That's okay. Yeah. But you're going to mm-hmm. give that content to a professional editor or videographer who's going to be able to put that together into something and weave a narrative. The other kind of thing that I think is, is just interesting is the lack of narrative generally. And we, we're going to have to move on to the next topic, but so when I say narrative, I mean, Bryce, you're talking about the the builder grade. Like that's mm-hmm. it, like, I want to punch someone just whenever I, I hear that word. It makes me mad. It's like, you do realize gray. what code is today. <laughs> like, and, and the builder grade that you bought at least comes with a warranty, at least comes with a period of time where things can get repaired at no cost to you. There's inconvenience, certainly. Mm-hmm. But if you go buy an existing home, guess what you get? You have no idea what you get. Get toenails mm-hmm. in your carpet. I mean, the number of people who buy a house 
and then talk about the money pit that they have of over the next three to five years having to oh, budget yeah. and then fix something. You, know, you go over to someone's house for dinner who lives uh, closer in the city where there isn't new construction and, and there's like a towel on their back uh, sliding room door. And it's like, why do you have that towel there? Well, if it rains, you know, it starts coming in under the door. Oh, how long has that happened? Or, or well, I can raise my hand for this left and right. That's my skylight yeah. every day skylight. of the week. Or you have people <laughs> over and you're like, hey, 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 just so you know, like that second bathroom over there, like you have to flush it three times. Like, and, <laughs> Yeah. You know, that so, so why are we not inundated with content in our industry about just talking to that narrative of does builder grade do mean terrible? No. Yeah. Builder grade means the latest materials, the best mm-hmm. products. Yes, um, we're not we're never going to promise that it's perfect because it's not going to be. Can't be. But you do have a warranty. Yeah. It's a yeah. blank slate um for your I think that's yeah, that's what uh I think the stereotype with that you're saying Bryce is like half the people in my neighborhood have agreeable gray. We all have the same trim. You like, yeah. I'll see pictures from like a party down the street. The I'm like, right, is that my house? Like, Oh no, no, no. That's not my house. Like they all look exactly the same, mm-hmm. um, which is every house that's 40 years old. And the developer came in, they're all exactly the same. They're different mm-hmm. now, but the, the bones and everything is, is exactly the same. Yeah. I'll, I'll knock out my quick story time. We had the Academy last week, which was great. I, I, ooh, I forgot how many people were there. 16, 17 people. Perfect amount. We switched mm-hmm. it up to four days, which was interesting. We've always, we changed it each time to try to make it better and better and better. Four days was perfect. Three showers of instruction. Google ads is still the mystery for everybody, which I try to make it like as easy as possible to understand. Yeah. I like it. I think it's easier than Facebook. I'll explain it's why. It's easier. Because it's it's just less so intuitive. Much, and, it's, and to yeah, cut to the intuitive. chase because of how long we've already talked. <laughs> it's it, it it is the anti-gravity nature of like one of our builders just hired a person who already has experience in in digital marketing and so they send becca the email of hey i upped the bids on this one to get more traffic to get us higher ranked and she's like well actually you might end up you getting less because now. you because you up the bids mm-hmm. it's counterintuitive in that sense and i think that's one of the reasons that that makes it tricky I think people like Facebook over Google just because it comes with the pretty pictures. You think about and it. They like we it they're, they're more likely to use the, it every day in yeah. their normal life too. And it's just like yeah. making a post. It's it's almost like if if anyone is gaming and has kids, it's like Minecraft is Google ads. You could do whatever the heck mm-hmm. you want in there versus another game, say Fortnite. Here's mm-hmm. the defined set of rules, which is Facebook. And mm-hmm. so that there's the, you don't have to learn it versus Minecraft. It's like, what do I do? Like I'm just walking mm-hmm. around doing doing things. I don't know. Um, but you just set the rules and then, yeah. but if you know what rules to follow, you'll have success with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they, yeah. They, well, they we did it. get this other note, which I think is really interesting. So one of our um, online sales coaches has recommended that, that someone that we, we don't work with on the marketing side attend uh, the Academy. And I, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just think this particular snippet, a lot of people in the audience will relate to is she said, thanks so much for recommending it. It was a lot of fun and I learned so much. I feel so much more confident and excited about implementing the tools given and taught by Andrew, Sarah, and Kevin. Honestly, I felt like I was in over my head in this department and I have a lot of passion and I want what's best for our customers and employees and for my team, but felt a bit defeated thinking that I just couldn't hack it in my role last week. Catapulted me into a personal headspace, extremely important, where I felt like I could actually pull this off. I gained so much more knowledge within those four days than I have in the past couple of years. And 
you know, that's, that's not a that's self-promotional awesome. share. It's, it's to help you understand that this, it, the, the whole reason that exists is not to make money. It is, it's a platform that allows us to educate people on things that you can't, you can't learn it in school. You can't even take a LinkedIn course on Google ads and understand the differences of what we're teaching you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, those are it's all just definitions. Like you learn the courses to me, you learn definitions, you learn like how something does something, but you don't learn the application of it. Yeah. Um, so we solve that for everyone. If they're, if yep. they're, if they're wanting to learn, then yeah, they hundred percent will, will take away exactly whatever they need to do. Cool. All right. On to the news. We're going to do this quick. Ooh, let's go. Uh, but first up, you can, for the first time ever, uh, you know, one of the, one of my favorite things is being able to expose people on the podcast or in the summit or in different places, find uh, new people to expose to the rest of the industry as someone that you can learn from or relate to. In fact, the number of times now that, that you will attend a marketing session at the builder show or PCBC or uh, wherever else, I, I haven't kept track of this. I should go back when I have time, but a whole lot of them, like the first time that they ever talked was on a panel at the summit or on a panel at the builder show related to um, someone from do you convert asking them to participate. So that that's awesome. This is your first chance though, to submit your own marketing session. So anyone who would like to, or thinks they have something that they, they want to share with the audience at the summit in particular marketing sessions only, there's a link in the show notes. You can go fill that out. It's not going to ask you for your whole PowerPoint presentation. It's just understanding. And we don't have a lot of open slots for this. A lot of it's already pre-programmed and we've got some amazing guest speakers already lined up. But I wanted to give people a chance to just submit on their own. Uh, it'll take you about five minutes, I would say, to, to fill out and be able to send that in. So I think that's just exciting to give everyone yeah, an opportunity. That's super cool. Because, you know, if I don't, if I don't work with you or, or you don't work with us at Convert, I may not have awareness of someone out there who's doing something great. So that gives you a chance to, to hop in. All right. First up, and I can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> Google is getting ready to sunset four attribution models in both Google ads and Google analytics. Hmm. What's about to be burned? Uh, first click, linear time decay, and position-based attribution models. All will be deprecated later this year. This is from searchengineland.com. And let's take it away. This, and this also kind of connects to, to the Academy because there was a mm-hmm. period of time, I love doing Q&A at that or in mm-hmm. general. It's just my favorite thing. Um, and someone said, what do we think the next thing is? And to me, the next thing in terms of GA4 and, and implications that we're not thinking about enough is that this kind of thing is going to happen. Why, why is Google rolling out GA4? In some cases, it's to make things better, simpler, more straightforward, and, and to give you maybe access to look at things in an improved way over universal analytics. But a lot of it is defensive, meaning, think about it this way. If an, if an outside AI system could get access to all of your data that's in Google Analytics and understand how you're advertising. What's the danger to Google for an outside tool to say, Mm-mm, uh, that Google ad campaign is not doing what you think it is and doesn't get the credit it deserves. Yep. So some of it is defensive and, and blocking out access to different parts and data, data points that I don't think they want systems to be able to analyze. 
But I think this is one example of also they're just going to continue to try to take away control from us uh, as a marketer. So what do we think? And and I I do want to talk after initial impressions just a little bit about like, is this a big deal? Like, why would you even use first click? What would you be looking at? Um, But just for initial reactions first. I think just piggyback on what you said, Kevin, we say DIC, the way we function, we want to underpay for clicks as much as we can. We're kind of like this enemy. Like Google's calling all of us at DIC all the time. Yeah. Like I'm sure we have 100 plus calls per week from Google reps. Their whole purpose is to get us to switch to their models of campaigns, which fully more. spend the budget. So if they get mm-hmm. X percent of advertisers to spend X percent more, Q3, Q4, ad revenue is going up. That's how mm-hmm. they, 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 you know, they make more money. Um, but after that, attribution to me has always been like a four-letter word. Like it's just... Well, it's it's like so frustrating to talk about. I feel like because there's people that they'll over-index on what attribution says or doesn't say. They'll make their dis- business decisions yep. based off of. That's the that, oversimplification that, that I was talking about yeah. earlier. Yeah. That not only there's no conversions, turn turn the campaign off. Wait, wait, wait. That keyword is new home, Tampa, Florida. That's exactly what we sell. Why would we want mm-hmm. to turn that off? Is it the keyword or is it our website? Is our pricing? Is it something else? What I don't like is you jump in there and it talks about each advertiser having their own essentially formula of attribution mm-hmm. and they don't tell you how it's calculated the, mm-hmm. with the data-driven model. That sounds yeah. kind of sketchy to and me. And the data-driven model isn't, it's unique to each company. Yeah. So like, so we could even compare builder to builder. Like, right. Mm-hmm. It's a complete bo- black box. You, you, you do not get visibility into no, how my, it's no, my gusta. Like that was it. my biggest fear. It's like, how will reporting look? And, comparing from one point to the other as well as yeah, past yeah. data too of how we've reported in the past. Yeah. Especially knowing again, yeah. someone asked uh, in the Academy, like, like what about turning on performance performance max campaigns for this struggling community? Mm-hmm. Like, well, again, back to everyone's line, Google's going to tell you, look at all the leads and conversions we gave you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it doesn't care that they're spam or they're not real. awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we've tested that before. I think we had, we did two or three we campaigns. Yeah. Like 80 leads conversion rate was like five, six percent. People, yeah. people inside do you convert are losing their minds. Like Kevin, this is the next new thing. We got to tell everyone. I was like, just wait, let me just audit wait. It. let's see. <laughs> and it was yeah. terrible. <laughs> it was and a it was conversion rates were crazy. Yeah. That'll be, right. that's, that's not going to be fun. Um, but let's say this builder has a one and a half percent conversion rate. This one has a 4%. You're like, well, what in the world? Like is the same strategy, same type of setup, mm-hmm. similar position in the market. Like, could that be a possibility with this new model? And we don't get to see how it's could um, be. like how the how the setup is. What what is the formula? That yep. part of, yeah, that part. Of I mean, like. even uh, a friend of mine, or not actually not a friend. I'm trying to make him my friend, but an acquaintance of mine on LinkedIn <laughs> uh, who who does multifamily apartment rental marketing. His name's yeah. Mike. He he made this comment. I thought it was great. And th- so he's talking about apartments. To be clear. The typical shopping journey is anywhere from 25 to 65 days for an apartment with over 40 unique touch points. Very often it's way more than 40. And then, and this is, I think, awesome. And that doesn't include all the nurturing interactions in your CRM and marketing automation platform. The typical journey only counts the different sites and places where customers are looking for their next home, but it doesn't count all of the uh, syndicated listings on like apartments.com, mm-hmm. et cetera, all that data, because that's kept separate in a different silo. Review mm-hmm. sites, social networks, your DMs, right? All of those things aren't counted in there. 
but I think it is like, and he, and so his, his point is look at contribution, not attribution as a mm-hmm. summary statement of does this contribute towards helping the, the customer who's actively searching get closer to purchasing my product or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a fuzzier bit of logic back to the unavoidable complexity concept I talked about earlier, but like the particular, the most devious part of this to me is Google removing first click attribution. Yeah. Because first that's click strange. attribution is about initial awareness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the first and, step of the customer's journey. And Andrew, you're the one who has trumpeted this for, I don't know, seven years or so that I've known you now. A long time. You're like, look, if you're already in line for pizza at the pizza slice yeah. shop, and then you do a Google search for pizza, like you get a coupon, like you, yeah, you're yeah, already in line. That you're coupon did nothing to get you an additional sale yes. of pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Google, at least its search product where it makes most of its money is not good at first click. It's messy uh, in terms of attribution. Mm-hmm. But it it's, it's primarily organic and search are going to be further down the funnel when they know what to type in. Right. And so to get rid of first click, not that we would ever have told anyone that they should base decisions off of first click, but not to be able to easily look back and forth between the two. I never, I never bought into the argument before that uh, GA4 may cause some folks to look for alternative analytic platforms. But this made me think again this morning. I mean, I'm okay. not excited yeah. about it because it makes, it, I mean, just knowing all the work and effort that's going to be in here. But if do they do more of this stuff, I think they do risk certain players from saying, screw it, I'm going to just use Adobe Analytics or. Yeah, they'll set up GA4 just to have it there, make Google mm-hmm. happy and then not use it for for much of anything. Do you think this is another way to push the look, data looker studio? Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and that at least for now, there's not any talk of limiting looker yeah. uh, or, or data studio's ability to display data from multiple sources. And uh, I mean, I don't think they're that stupid, but I think there's enough fear right now about AI disrupting search and, and AI systems that they don't control suggesting that maybe you don't need to spend as much in the wrong way. Again, not the way that we would tell builders to approach it, but that's why, again, we get called multiple times every day is not people offering help. People are saying, do you realize that you could add just the keyword home and a separate campaign and get an extra 4,000 clicks a month? Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We don't want that. Yeah. For $6,000 or whatever it is. <laughs> Leave that part out. Goes you to the highest more. better. <laughs> right. You're like, what about the money? Like, sure. Add it in for free. That sounds great. Oh, changes and come. Change you know is inevitable. For the sake of time, we're just going to do one more. It sounds good. Uh, we're going to go back to another article from Search Engine Land. We got some stuff. Uh, Zillow's got a new search tool. We'll keep this in the show notes because it's really interesting, but it goes in the line of interesting. I don't have a lot of opinion on, on here to share, but Zillow did roll out a new search tool that helps buyers find homes that they can actually afford, uh, which is interesting. There's a good article from Redfin about how the housing market dynamic is changing. By the way, boomers are once again buying more homes than anyone else because boomers have all the cash. Uh, we talked to a builder uh, yesterday, 30% of their sales right now are all cash buyers. Wow. So, you know, you don't have to worry about interest rates when you're paying all cash. So nope. uh, since 2014, I think it was millennials, but boomers are back because, you know, they have all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Boomers. 
So last article for today is that Meta will debut its generative AI later this year. Again, an article from searchengineland.com. Meta announced in February that it would establish a new organization to develop generative AI. That's AI that creates. Um, But this is the first time it has indicated a timeline for commercialization. So more and more. Have any of you seen, um, I think it's called Segment Anything. Have you seen that tool? I don't think so. It's a tool? No. Yeah, so you can upload a picture of anything. Okay. Okay. And it pulls things out? I mean, I'm over here. Segment dash anything. Again, we'll put in the show notes. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you for those of you who can't see the video right now. You can click on the demo. You can upload your own picture or you can, or you can select an image. Okay. And it will identify everything in it. Oh, kind of like Photoshop. So you can tell it a particular item. So like on the iPhone, when you do a long press, and it it does a similar thing, but you can also just say, tell me everything that's in this picture. And I tested it uploading a picture of a kitchen. And if you wanted to, you could identify each individual cabinet unit in the kitchen. Base oh, cabinet, wow. 32 inches, 24 inches, refrigerator. And so it's just giving you a, an example of how good, and you can pull the image out if you have the full tool, <laughs> use it for anything else, train the AI model. Wow. But it's just, it's it's kind of meta flexing its muscles like, hey, don't forget, we have more data to analyze generated by humans mm-hmm. on all different topics yeah made every day than anyone else and so don't count us out in the ai race yeah it's exciting to see i like the little i i took it as like a dig at, at met at the bottom <laughs> their uh, metaverse the little screenshot there mm-hmm. of yeah. Mark's post it's like essentially um yeah i mean i yeah, have i, I have there, like, the, uh, was it the there. oculus pro Whatever yeah. that thing was. And didn't you not, you, you weren't a big fan, right? Oh no, it was terrible. I mean, it, yeah. the, the technology is the best piece of hardware they've made. There's just no one there and nothing to do with it. Right. Yeah. And it's still on my like credenza in my work area because mm-hmm. it looks cool. Like if you've got a natural hardwood thing and then you've got this, it looks like Darth Vader's helmet, you know, sitting yeah. there, but I haven't touched it in months. It's a lot of work. Our kids have with the, the quest Two. It's like, the more consumer version of that. They used it for a while when they were excited about it, but it's just too, to me, I'm like, even for a six, seven and 10 year old, like mm-hmm. the whole the hardware is just too much friction versus just picking up the tablet and throw it sitting on the couch or picking up the controller. Yeah. PS5's mm-hmm. on. Like as far as that type of application or even work, like sitting at the computer, boom, my hands right here for mm-hmm. my mouse, my keyboard. Like I, I'm just envisioning yeah. like going to a, a Zoom meeting with these things on our head. And we're looking yeah. at each other virtually like that. Well, the, the moral or the reason we're talking about this article is just don't count meta out as poorly as they as they executed executed on the that, idea yeah. of the metaverse. I remember, again, it was like three or four years ago. You were t- they, they had an AI system at the time for which ad should be delivered where that was running. I want to say trillions of oh, uh, yeah. decisions. Yeah, like I think in a day. Uh, Dennis, Dennis from O'Neill yeah. Interactive had the picture. It was, and I'm sure now it's like trillions. Right. Nuts. And they take that so, technology to analyze you know, the image. I think yeah. Good for everyone to try to enter this race. It'll be interesting to see how, how, how it goes. I think it's the right answer for them and a lot of people to be pivoting towards that. But let's just wrap uh, before we get to favorites and then we'll close out. Just talk about AI being used poorly. Like, again, we went through this phase where it was like, oh, cool, look at this. And then, hey, give it a shot for that. 
Yeah. And now I just. Oh, like that email I got the other day. Yes. That's what I mean. So so bad. (laughs) Just don't email anyone you already know and use AI to write the email. Yeah. So I'm. It's like, terrible. It's, like, it's, it's really, so. really bad. Were they drinking they were, or something? Like, I don't, I don't like it, it was proper grammar, all that, but just the, the context wasn't correct. But, and not how they speak. And it's one of those things where if you right. break that wall of someone knowing what you're doing, mm-hmm. then they might really need your help or have a valid question. But you're like, this was so unimportant to you that you couldn't mm-hmm. just write your own sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As humans, uh, we still agreed. crave inter- like human interaction and human personalization behind everything that we want. Yeah, and, and I made a, a post in LinkedIn and in All Access about this of like, just a reminder, AI systems cannot yet think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's not where they are. A learning, a learning language model is not thinking. And so <laughs> I think the way I, yeah, here's what I said. So if you're trying to get it to think for you, or even worse, you think you found a way for it to think for you, like mm-hmm. think again. Because it's not actually thinking. And uh, Chad Sandrigan actually made a a great comment. He said he thinks that part of this is that people are discounting their own authenticity as not being valuable. And -hmm. they have more faith in a learning language model. I'm not even going to use the word AI. It is a form of AI, but Mm -hmm. it's not what it's going to keep getting better before it really Mm -hmm. starts solving some of these other problems for us. They have more faith in AI than they do in themselves. Yeah. Imposter syndrome a little bit, but yeah. um, go ahead. Have you, did you guys ever watch the movie Molly? It's kind of scary movie on Netflix, but huh. it's a um, no, robot who turns into a nanny and how it took a turn for its worst. And it was actually like, just not a great oh. use of how they still needed a person as their nanny versus an mm, artificial intelligence. That makes sense. Yeah. And all these learning language models in any, any system right now, there still is somewhere, even if minimal, a human in the feedback loop or multiple humans in the feedback loop, re-nudging the, the AI or the, or the LLM back in the right direction. Mm -hmm. None of it is completely set it and forget it, walk away. And it's amazing. There, there still are humans who have to nudge it, but, but back to the, like, I don't find myself, I use, I still use mid journey all the time to make images I do mm-hmm. use ChatGPT to remove writer's block or to suggest a whole bunch of different ways to say the same thing, mm-hmm. but I've never copied and pasted it directly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it is to Chad's point, it's it's that I'm using it not as something to solve a complete weakness of my own on its own. Yeah. Right. Like I have confidence in my ability to write something, but it's just getting little bits of it breaking through those barriers faster. And I think that's the still for now, at least the right way to be thinking about it. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Favorites. Bryce. Well, first. first First off, just like this season here at home, Virginia beach, like the, it's starting to get warm. People are starting to go to the beach. So like, that's super exciting. Like people are on their bikes. It's ice cream weather type of thing. But, um, total item wise, I just got the backcountry running shoes. They're by far, like, I think my best mm. and favorite running shoes. They're super lightweight, super easy. They kind of remind me a little bit of noble for like weightlifting, but for runners and like active wear. So if you have, or are in look for a new pair of running shoes, definitely recommend backcountry. I do have a quick old man question. 
I was told there's a shoe called a Hey Dude that's like a Croc, but not a Croc. Are those? Oh, those are what? comfy. They're like beach kit shoes too. Okay. That hey Dudes, like there's, there's I should no, have just Googled what they look like, but since you seem like a shoe aficionado. Yeah, there's no, um, they're easy. They're kind of like Smokes. Did you ever have Smokes? <laughs> okay, Definitely so more, there's um, no loose. Oh, they're like, a, they're like a uh, moccasin almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's okay. no shoelaces like you don't have to put them on really like with the true shoe I'm trying or, to think what the brand of shoe was it was really popular in like the soft, late 80s or early 90s foam-ish. that had uh, like a moccasin look to it hmm. okay i don't know and after you go running my favorite new dessert now is the cookie dough flautas from tijuana flats so go Ooh. run and then go get your cookie dough flautas what's a flauta flauta yeah, uh, it's like a that? rolled up um tortilla with stuff in it Oh, oh, okay. It's, like it's not the ice cream. Kind of like that, but but it's um it's like Tex Mexi thing. I don't know what okay. the actual, real, authentic version of it is. Well, for not a crepe, but a tortilla in this case. Tortilla, okay. yeah, and it's deep okay. fried. I've never it's, been into it. And there's, and there's cookie dough in it. Mm. And they're like five Sounds bucks. Yummy. And you get they're ridiculous. They're good. <laughs> so good. Just but go run first and then eat that because <laughs> it's like there's uh, okay. calories in this. Yeah, they're so good. My uh, my favorite was the Tetris movie on Apple Plus, so it's the oh, it's the story yeah, commercial for that yeah about Tetris, and I knew the story because I was a complete video game nerd in the eighties. Of like people didn't know who really owned the rights, and it was this big controversy that like could Nintendo even publish uh, Tetris on the Game Boy, which was the game that came out with it. Um, but the the movie's really really well done and clearly articulates why this became such a big issue mm-hmm. and it's it's i need to see it i know i need to go watch it's it one now. of those things i started watching it at 10 o'clock at night and i think i ended up staying up to like 12 15 finishing it which is not nice. i'm usually i can For a movie. Turn things off and go to bed right. yeah i was like i gotta finish this it's just really really well done this is a semi-favorite but the new super mario movie i think it's worth going to see Oh yeah, we did. Uh, yeah. We did go to that uh, over Easter with my. Like it's like, oh, uh, it's cousins, good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, like, it's if you not if like, you like Mario, it's like Mario. it's a good time. Yeah. It's better than the original. Weird. Okay, movie. I'm not going to spoil t- the Tetris movie at all, but I do just want to. Here, here's the most interesting dynamic. If you're like, I don't want to watch a stupid game movie about video games. Go watch it. The interesting dynamic is that um, this guy has. He believes he has the rights to publish Tetris. He brings a copy of Tetris for um, the Nintendo Entertainment System, mm-hmm. the original Nintendo. To Russia, because he's trying to get the rights for video game or for handheld to use on the Game Boy, but no one knows the Game Boy exists. Mm. He goes to Russia, meets this this gentleman working at a government institution. He's like, I I'm the publisher of Tetris for the Nintendo. And the guy goes, What's a Nintendo? Because it's it's Iron Curtain Russia. They have no idea about the outside world. Yeah. And he's like, Well, it's the number one video game system in the world. He's like, What's a video game system? Mm. They knew what computers were, but they didn't have that. And so the the thing that's happening is that the Russians are understanding. They're trying to learn what what are they even talking about? They like they know they're being screwed out of money and 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 because the government technically as communism owned the rights to Tetris, mm-hmm. and they're like sure they're being screwed, but they they're learning about how they're being screwed with these multiple parties who are also trying to screw the Russian government. Mm-hmm. And then of course you got the KGB and spies and all that stuff mixed into it. it's it's just nice. really really well done. So Tetris is Russian. Yeah, Never it, uh, te- Tetris is a combination of tetra meaning four, four blocks in all the shapes in Tetris, and tennis. No, oh. because uh, okay. the guy who invented it loves tennis. I need to watch That's it. Awesome. Yeah, it's a good time. 
And if not, uh, shoot me an email and I'll give you your money back. (laughs) Zero dollars. All right. That'll do it for this week. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. See y'all. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.